there's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux! Episode of Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Thanks for tuning in. I am co host Tom. I've got with me, as always, co host Randy. But before we get our intros in, uh, underway here, I'm just going to let you know it's season five, episode 10. We're calling this one the Bure, the Pavel Bure, uh, the Russian rocket, as it were. Um, it's another beautiful, snowy, wintry day here in Winnipeg. We're recording this on Saturday, December 17th. The show will air on UMFM 101.5 on Monday, uh, December 19th. Uh, Randy, co-host Randy's with me as always. Um, he's just kind of looks like he's trying to figure out which bandwagon to jump on. Uh, who's who's your new favorite team? Whose bandwagon are you jumping on this year, uh, Randy? Oh, that's a tough question. I'm I'm <laughs> I, I'm never new to it. Like I've got my you know, my usuals like Pittsburgh yeah. and Winnipeg. Um, you know, LA seems to have a bit of a soft spot in my hockey heart. Uh, I haven't really watched them too much this year. Um, but I don't know the East. There's something also about New Jersey and New York Islanders. Like I, I think I could hop on one of those bandwagons if I really, yeah. if I really wanted to, but sure, you know, yeah, with yeah. being a Jets fan and a Penguins fan, you know, it's it's pretty. You know, the bandwagon's pretty full over here. <laughs> well, the the Devils. I mean, that's a good bandwagon to jump on this year. I feel like uh, they're looking good. You know, and uh, we can we can talk a little bit of Devils later on in the show, possibly. But yeah, the they're looking good. I, if I had to pick a bandwagon to jump on this year, I think I'd jump on the Buffalo Sabres bandwagon. Oh, that's a good one. Actually, I, I like Dylan want... Cousins. Yeah, that's I a like great Tage team. Thompson. Uh, Tage against the machine, as I've heard him referred to in certain circles. Scoring um, uh, goals in bunches. Yeah, Tage Lemieux, I've also heard him called. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tage against the machine, that's pretty good, actually. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, he's a beauty. Um Randy, it's uh, like I said off the top, it's season uh, five, episode 10. We're about a month ahead of where we were this time last year. We did episode 10 uh, towards the end of January last year. So uh, good for us, I suppose. Um, but we're calling this one the Pavel Bure, the Russian rocket. Um, and funny enough, I mentioned... Pavel Bure to you right before we started recording and you were like oh I was just watching some videos what what did you what'd you learn from studying Pavel Bure tape well actually I don't do this often <laughs> I'm not just <laughs> googling random hockey players um it was it, it was basically uh part of some research that I'm doing for Gino Ojic is kind of part of a hockey feature that I'm producing uh, in January. So I was looking 
for Gino Ojik videos. And there was like this nice video of Gino and Pavel Burry together. Cause if, I guess they're close buddies. And then that, then the rabbit hole just opened. And then I'm like, I yeah. gotta, I gotta watch that Pavel Burry, like breakaway goal where he like puts it off his skate and, yeah. and scores and, you know, and then you kind of get into that uh, rabbit hole of watching all those classic uh, ro- Russian rocket highlights. Uh, and, you know, the other thing, too, it's like he was number 10 for most of his career, and then he switched to number 96 there at the end. He did, or, yeah. Or not, for, not, uh, not the end, but for a couple seasons. There was, yeah, he wore number 10 for Vancouver from 91 to 95. And then for 95 to 97 for Vancouver, he wore number 96. Then he got traded. Uh, oh, then sorry. Then he went back to ten for ninety seven, ninety eight. Then he goes to Florida, where he wears number ten between ninety eight and two thousand two. And then he uh, finished his uh, career with the New York Rangers, and he wore number nine with the Rangers. Um, so you know, he was for some reason ninety six in my head was when he was a Panther. But it's not. It was a no, I, rem- still. I, rem- I remember him being 96 for Vancouver. But here's a question yeah. for you. So say, you know, do you have a number on your jersey? Any of your jerseys? Yeah. No? yeah. You do? Who do you have? Oh, like on my um, on, like, fan? Play- yeah, yeah. No? Yeah. Um, actually, no, I don't. Okay, um, well, how about how about all those like Pavel Burry fans who had a jersey <laughs> number yeah. ten, and he's like, "Oh, I'm 96 now." Just kidding. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then he and then he goes back to ten after. So then some of those people get 96. Seasons. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm gonna. I got some extra money. I'm gonna get 96. It's like, oh, <laughs> now I'm back to ten. It's like. Wonder why he went with 96 for a couple seasons there. That was a, a weird choice. Um. It must have had some significance to him, that number, you know. Well, the, like, the high number thing is always like the you know, good players are high numbers, I guess. I yeah. Know. Yeah. That's more of a recent trend, I find starting I mean, not always actually. Like obviously Gretzky was a high number and you had uh Paul Coffey, seventy seven and Ray Bork and Lindros, some other guys, Lemieux and you know, but <clears throat> With the younger generation of guys like Sidney Crosby, born in 87, well, and his birthday is actually August 7th, so it's 8-7-87. So obviously that's where he gets that. And Connor McDavid's born in 97. That's why he wears 97. I assume Kirill Kaprizov's the same uh, idea. And then who's the guy that wears 98? Full Jujarvi or whatever? Well, uh, um, Sergachev also wears 98. Yeah. yeah, and I assume that's just birth date. Um, I'm not sure, but, uh, um, but yeah, let's, let's, uh, break it down about Pavel Bure for a second here. We'll give you the, the raw details, the, the facts. So, uh, he's in the hall of fame. He won the Calder, uh, rookie of the year trophy. He was a three-time all-star. He won the rocket Richard trophy two times. And so he hit 60 goals twice in his career. He hit 50, I'm going to say uh, you know, three, four other times. So his, his career high is 60. Um, back to back 60 goal seasons too. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, then when he went to Florida, he, he was still lighting it up, you know, 58, 59. Um, uh, and then, and then injuries started catching up with him, and that's how, why he retired. He only played 12 years in the NHL, 702 games. Um, I think it was his knee, knee injuries, maybe uh, 
kept him from continuing his career. So the, the, the summary here, 12 years in the NHL, 702 games, 437 goals, 779 total points. Um, if you add some playoffs to that, he uh, played 64 playoff games and 35 and 35 for 70 points. So um, a good good playoff performer. The big playoff year for him, obviously, would have been that 93-94 Vancouver Canucks team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals against the Rangers, lost in Game 7. Man, that was a heartbreaker <laughs> for uh you know, not just Canucks fans, I think can, all Canadian uh, hockey fans, but uh, he he had 16 goals in 24 playoff games that season, that postseason, 31 points that, that year uh, in the playoffs. So he was doing it, him and old Trevor Linden and Gino Ojic and uh, Kirk McLean and Dave Babich and the rest of the crew there in Vancouver wearing I, those. I, sorry, I think he was only three goals behind Reggie Leach's record. I think his record is 19 for most goals. Oh wow! In the playoffs, playoffs, yeah. So he was he was close. Not too shabby. Um, not too shabby at all. Here's an interesting fact about Pavel Bure. So he was drafted in 1989, uh, um, but he spent three years playing for like the Red Army before coming over. I think that was just kind of like how Russians did things back then. I don't really know exactly, but. Um, he was drafted 1989. He was drafted 113th overall uh, in the so that's the sixth round of the NHL draft in 1989. That's the year. Guess who was drafted first that year? Well, I've I've got it open here, so I'm okay. looking right at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Matt, Matt Sundin. Sundin. Yeah, yeah, not a bad first overall. But you got to think, hey, I mean Pavel, he could have went first overall. But no, he went 113th. Here's just a, a couple. So like Winnipeg had the fourth overall pick and they took Stu Barnes. Uh, you know, Stu, reliable NHL player, played over a thousand games, uh, but wasn't quite the scoring star that Pavel was. Um, well, but the number two overall pick went to the Islanders that year. And I never heard of this guy. Have you? Dave Shazowski. No, but looking at the, uh, round number three, Nicholas Lindstrom went 53rd overall. Huh. Some nice deep uh, picks in that one. Yeah, like, like you look at the second round, it's like a lot of great names. Adam Foote, Patrice Brisebois. Um, Sergey Fedorov went in the fourth round. Oh, wow. I think back in those days, probably... Russians weren't always drafted super high because of the whole. Uh, you they know, probably the, weren't. The they Ber probably weren't sure if they were going to come. Yeah, the Berlin yeah. Wall came down in '89 or '91, I believe. I can't recall exactly. Uh, history majors, if you're out there listening, uh, write in. Let us know uh, what uh, year did the Berlin Wall come down? A self-addressed uh, stamped envelope, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this reminds Louis me, though. Brusque this reminds me in '89. Whenever we're we're struggling for a show idea, we have to go and do the like the redraft at least yeah. one year. Yeah, we, for we, sure. We always, we always forget about that. I sit here and I look at hockey DB drafts like all the time. So. We, we just never think of it, you know. But yeah, that's, that's yeah. a that's like you know that's a whole season's worth of material, pretty much. Exactly. So, um, yeah, Pavel Bure. I think like here's one last Pavel fact. Uh, two two last hardly ones. a fact. 
Two, mm-hmm. two, la- two last facts. You go first. Okay. For, uh, the hockey card where he's oh. in his shorts on the seawall wearing rollerblades. Yeah, that was mine too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great minds think alike. Uh, one of, if not the greatest hockey card of all time. I don't think it's the greatest hockey card of all time, but it's up there. It's, it's a good one. Yeah. yeah. If I had to it's make a, a top one. five, it's probably in the top five. I would I would put it in the top five. Yeah. That Now there's another show idea. Top five hockey cards of all time. Um, that would require like research and yeah, prep time, which um, we, look here on talking hockey, the hockey talking show, we're off the cuff. Uh, a lot of, um, you know, uh, impromptu topics and uh, whatnot. There's not a whole lot of prep that goes into this, but that said, I am looking for an intern still. So, uh, you know, Give us your resume. Self-addressed. Yes. Send, send those in. <laughs> One last thing about hockey guards, actually. When I was in Edmonton a week and a half ago for work, I stopped at, I had time to kill. So then I stopped at, and no, I'm not, I'm not happy about this, but I went to the Canadian brew house. I, I should yeah. have went to like a local place, but that, that was kind of closest to the airport, but they had these giant versions of hockey cards, like, you know, like two feet by three feet. Huh. on display like they had a mario lemieux like pro set oh nice hockey card but it was like two feet by three feet is awesome i was like i should nice. i should take that <laughs> do they have those it's been years since i've been to one of those places um and they're everywhere now i've noticed um do they have those are those hockey cards i wonder like part of their decoration at all their uh yeah, I, I haven't been to the one. I haven't been to the one here in Winnipeg, or if yeah. there's more than one, I haven't been. But um, yeah, like a whole wall of just like giant hockey cards. It's like I don't mind that. That's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> one of my one of my uh, favorite things about the local Leopolds, which speaking of being everywhere now, there's they're everywhere now. Um, but the 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 local one to to my neighborhood, they've got a, like a whole wall full of hockey cards and they're all Winnipeg Jets cards too, actually, which is kind of fun. So, well, that's the um, wall, the wall by the table there that goes up to the stairs, right? It goes up. Is, yeah. Right well, there? maybe it's a more than one wall because there's, there's one upstairs and then, yeah, like uh, on the table. Yeah. By the stairs. Yeah. 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 So uh, listen, bars, restaurants, more hockey cards, please. That's that. that's what we're uh, our interior decorating sort of, uh, advice i suppose just have a um, whole just have like a whole like stack of cards on the table and then like <laughs> people would look through them and like drink beer for yeah. hours you know what since we're on the topic of cards i've i got um two packs of tim horton's hockey cards this year and um so there's three cards a pack so i got six cards of those six cards four of them are guys i have on my fantasy hockey team so how do you like oh. them odds it was meant uh, to be. I got Nick Ehlers. He's uh, on my fantasy team. Of course, he's been on the IR the entire season, just about. But he's skating again. So, you know, he's in a non-contact jersey. I got Connor Hellebuck. He's been my uh, my rock in net, keeping me in uh, the head-to-head weekly matchups. I got Troy Terry, the only good player on the Anaheim Ducks. That's not entirely true. They got Zegris and... Um, uh, Drysdale, but he's he's hurt as well. So, but Tra- Troy Terry, he's good, lights it up, scores some goals. And then the other guy I got is Drake Batherson, who I've oh, got nice. Batherson of the Ottawa Senators, who also 
pretty good. Scores some goals. You like to see it. Um, and then I got a Brent Burns card, which I gave to uh, my daughter, and she promptly like folded into <laughs> folded it into a hundred pieces or whatever. And then the other one I got, I don't have this guy on my team. Um, Alex Nedeljkovic, the uh, Detroit goalie, who seems to have lost the crease to Vili Huso. Oh yeah, uh, who seems to be playing really well. So we're pretty much out of time for the first segment. We were going to talk World Juniors and get into the Christmas spirit, but we've talked World Juniors a lot in the last couple of weeks, and maybe we'll touch on it later in the show. But we got to get down to business here, and we got to throw to a song because it is December, and we are in the Christmas spirit, um, or the Christmas spirit is upon us. We're going to toss to this song here called. Uh, we're going to go. Let's let's kick it off with um, the Vince Guaraldi trio little jazzy number off the top here uh this is skating by the vince garaldi trio you might recognize it from charlie brown's christmas i hear on talking hockey the hockey talking show Right, that was uh, Skating by the Vince Guaraldi Trio. Uh, you would know that song from the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Watched that with the daughter the other day. Loved it. And I loved it too. Um, here's a fun fact for you, uh, music trivia fans. The drummer from the Vince Guaraldi Trio, his name was Jerry Grinelli, and he moved to Halifax, uh, I don't know, in the 80s or 90s or something. And I'm not sure why, because they were like they were San Francisco kind of cool jazz cats from the West Coast. Anyway, he ended up in Halifax and, um, you know, he would play with his trio uh, down at a local watering hole called Beerley's like every week. And uh, yeah, he was a pretty cool dude. Um, anyway, so let's talk a little bit more hockey here, Randy. We're talking coaches. Um, 
the inspiration for which is is none other than Rick Bonus. Uh, speaking of Halifax, Rick Bonus, uh, born in Moncton, raised in Halifax, FYI. Um, you know, here's <laughs> here's something like I hear Rick Bonus talk. I love listening to his post game pressers. He's um, he's an interesting guy, and um, when I hear when I hear him talk, I think it's a combination of two things his Nova Scotia accent and uh, uh, his age. He reminds me of my dad so much. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like dad's talking to me, but um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Rick Bonus has really got the Jets going right now. Um, they had their first two-game losing streak of the season. I think it was their first. They lost back-to-back home games, which I don't think has been the case yet this year. And then they won in overtime against... Um, Nashville. Uh, help me out, Brainford. Nashville. Nashville. There it is. Yeah. Um, and that Nashville game, 2-1 overtime win for the Jets. But the Jets severely outplayed Nashville. Oh, yeah. The Preds got some goaltending from Juicy Saros. And but that was an intense game. That that was like, I mean, the Jets and the Preds, they have a history now. I would fi- I would say f- it's fair to say that they are bona fide rivals. Um, so you probably don't need to do much to get your team up for a game like that. But what do you think bonus did adjustment wise between the Preds game, the two lose losses in a row and like overall this season, like what's your, uh, what's your take on Rick bonus so far 30 games in now, or just about, well, honestly, I didn't think coaching was going to make a difference. Like I can, I can honestly say that. I thought the Jets weren't going to have a good season because they didn't do much on paper with their roster. So clearly coaching does make a difference and something that maybe we'll touch on uh, a little bit later this segment, uh, maybe in reference to how the Florida Panthers are doing with the Winnipeg Jets old coach, Paul Maurice. Um, But that Nashville game, a couple big things happened. Like one Nashville scored on their first shot of the game. First shot of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, Oh, it's going to be one of these ones. <laughs> but I think yeah, that, I had that feeling too. I was like, "Oh, here we go." But, but I think I think the Jets are so much more mentally stronger, I guess you could say. Like Yeah. Now like I feel like I remember like the 2018 season, uh, you know, when the Jets were kind of going on their run that they could be down two goals or three goals and You never felt be, like they were out of it. Yeah, they could totally come back. Like if they were down three, one after the first, it's like, ah, the Jets will probably win five, three, you know, you were just, you could, you're confident and they would just stick to the game plan and they would do it. And it, it, I, I, I would say that it feels like that again, but mm-hmm. with, with the Nashville game, like, yeah, the, the Jets were all over them. Uh, Shifley and Dubois and Connor and Morrissey, they were like kind of just running the show. Yeah. They you were got, flying out there. You, uh, DeMello scored the first goal. He looked great all game. You uh, did, you, yeah. You lose Schmidt like that. that you, if you watch that uh, replay, like he gets a shoulder to the head, so I'm sure he's you know, you know, a little foggy this week or whatever. But yeah, when um, I f- when I first saw that uh, hit, I didn't. I thought I didn't think that it got him in the head or whatever. I thought it was like shoulder or arm, which it might have been as well, just based on the way he was kind of holding it when he went off. Um, but, but it was a hard hit. 
It's a very hard hit. Like that. It's yeah. That, when yeah. I watched the replay, it got the jaw. Uh, J- Taylor Janot, uh, who Tanner. I mean, it? the guy is a freight train. He's yeah. he, he's a heavy player. Um, and then Lowry, and then, yeah, Lowry Lowry's, fights him. Like yeah, that's what you like to see. You know, it is a little old school, but mm-hmm. you know, and then even. Uh, Rick Bonus, and this is where Rick Bonus comes in. After the game, he said, "You come after one of us. You come after all of us." And he was like, "I'm so happy to see Adam Lowry step up for his teammate." And and like and that kind of got you know everyone engaged or whatever, even more than they were. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like it just seems more of like a more of a pack mentality, more of a team. There's confidence, like. Josh Morrissey is obviously playing with more confidence. Adam Lowry looks great, you know, and like bonus, you know, he's an older, he's been around for, you know, 20, 30 years or whatever it's been, but you can see he knows how to get the most out of his players. Yeah. 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 Aside from all the X's and O's, he, he is able to get more from his players. And one thing we talked about this a little bit on the show last week with guest host, uh, guest co-host Jared, who is keeping your seat warm there, Randy. Um, we talked a little bit about this, and 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 uh, Shifley had a quote about uh, how Bonus is able to, you know, challenge him to to make Shifley, and I mean Shifley has looked great this He's year. Amazing, yeah. Um, and so like obviously, Bonus is is able to sort of push the buttons appropriately uh, to get players to react. And, but how much of this pack mentality do you attribute? Do you think to the stripping of the C from what uh, Blake Wheeler? Um, do you think that that is, uh, you know, a big part of why they, it's a bit of a, more of a pack mentality this year, or it seems like it is. I, I like a little bit more with bonus. It's like, how you said he sounds like your dad or sounds like a dad. Like to me, I feel he would be like, look, Mark, I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed. (laughs) And it's like, you don't want to make him mad. So then you, or you don't want to disappoint him. So then he, he works harder. And like, like Mark is just Mark Shifley. If you think about the year end press conference last year, when like, it seemed like Paul Stasny was calling him out and this and that it's like, well, maybe, you know, there was truth to like everything that he was feeling because if there was like a lack of direction, of course he's going to be like, I don't know if I want to be here. Cause like, yeah. why would you want to have another season? It, 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 like that's hindsight for you. Like you don't know these things until, you know, much in, like, further into the future or whatever. But I feel Rick bonuses uh, move, like taking the C away from Wheeler. Um, it's kind of like asserting yeah, a little bit like there's a new boss in town or there's a, you yeah. know, uh, it was kind of like spreading the wealth a little bit, yeah. you know, redistributing uh, the leadership, you know, like instead of it just being focused on one guy, it just, it's like, you know, power to the people, if you will. And um, I think that's helpful too, because you take off some of the load from Blake Wheeler's shoulders yeah. You know, and he doesn't, he like, he's not the captain anymore. So he doesn't have to be that face or that leader and whatever. Like he's, you know, you got Dubois and Shifley who are, have kind of surpassed him and Connor as far as like 
skill and, 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 you know, being able to, to take over a game kind of thing. But again, like, I think that's just a good coach uh, with experience, knowing what this group needed. And yeah, you even think too, like he missed a couple weeks there when he was down with COVID. Yeah. Uh, right off the top of the season, he was, uh, um, yeah, he had COVID and was out for like six he missed like six of the first eight games or something like that. Yeah. So the, um, the jets are 19, nine and one after 29 games. Yeah. Um, which I don't think if you told any jets fan that they would be, you know, top five or 10 in the league, whatever they are, they're top uh, three in the West, you know, I got the standings here in front of me. They're, they're in third in the West right now. Um, you know, if you told any jets fan that, uh, back in the off season or in the preseason or whatever, we likely would have laughed, you know, been like, ha, sure. You know, one of those, a chortle, if you will. Uh, but here we are and they're doing it. And, um, you know, I think bonus, he, I don't know if you can attribute it to that, like uh new coach bump or whatever, or if, but I mean, you look at bonuses track record with Dallas, the most, recent team he coached before the Jets, he kind of took them from, you know, obscurity, not doing a whole lot to the Stanley cup finals. And, you know, one of the top teams in the league. Now that coincided with Jake Ottinger and Miro Heiskanen and Esselin Dell and Jason Robertson coming along, but you know, every team's got players (laughs) and the Jets have Connor Hellebuck and Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley and, Josh Morrissey now is Josh Morrissey and whatever. So, you know, um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if it's new coach bump or if it's just the, the Rick bonus bonus. Um, but you know, there's actually been some other coaches around the league too, but But before we go there, actually, um, one last thing about bonus is he's only here for two years and I doubt he's going to resign. So do you like, here's a question, maybe just for the general, audience and maybe just something to chew on for this season. But yeah. do you think that there may be also um, gearing up for these, for a decent run these two years and then for Scott Arneal to take over after the, after the two years, they've kind of, they would have established, you know, this new identity. Um, but yeah, Rick bonus isn't going to stick around for five years kind of thing. So. Yeah. It, I mean, he's 67 or whatever and he's probably like i'm gonna retire when i'm 70 kind of deal or and and maybe uh you never know you never know what things will bring but maybe he's interested in sticking around the team in some role or another just not as head coach but you know that'll be to be determined for sure um and you have to think with scott arneal already there maybe he's next in line but a lot can happen in a couple years. So you never know. You never know. Um, but uh, yeah, it is interesting to that. That will be something to chew on and maybe we'll revisit that uh, at another, at a later date. But um, speaking of like new coach bumps around the league and uh, you know, Boston uh, Vegas. Um, so Boston's got Jim Montgomery who was Dallas's, coach before Rick bonus took over. Yeah, that's funny. And then now Montgomery is in Boston and he's got the Boston Bruins at the top of the Eastern conference 
with a 23-4-2 record. Um, Playing 828 every, hockey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And everybody kind of thought the Bruins were too old, you know, kind of past it, you know. Bergeron was a last-minute uh, – he was one, like, you know, when you're playing rec hockey, beer league, and you're doing your weekly in and out, and he was – Bergeron was a maybe, and then yeah. on game day he was like, "Yeah, I'm in." <laughs> yeah, and then he so, was like the captain and the best player still, or whatever, or yeah, one of the best. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, Jim Montgomery. I mean, he um, he's done a heck of a job with Boston. Who's who else has new coaches this year? Well, Florida, like you mentioned. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on in Florida with Paul Maurice, the old Jets coach, because. Um, so we just saw the the cats in uh, Winnipeg here last week, I guess it was, and the Jets, you know, put the boots to them. Basically, I think it was a five-two final. Yeah. Um, one of those games where, excuse me, opposite of the game against Nashville, where the Jets outshot Nashville something like Two to forty one, to twenty much. or whatever. Yeah. The uh, Florida Jets game. It was Florida that outshot. Uh, Winnipeg by a pretty good margin, but the Jets finished on their chances and Connor Hellebuck was good, but he didn't even have to be like great. The It feels like Florida is like just like a high vo- shot volume team, not necessarily like they're putting everything to the net, which um, I don't know. Is that, I guess you, that's like one of those statistical debates we could have, whether that's a good idea or not. Like, take quality over quantity or just quantity over quality. You know, I mean, you look at Alex Ovechkin who hammers more shots on net than anybody else. And he's going to pass Gordy Howe on the all time goals list here any minute. Um, or you look at, uh, but his shooting percentage is kind of like average at best, you know, he just shoots so much. Um, but yeah, like Florida put a lot of pucks on net, but I don't know if there were that many, like, Great A shots yeah. or ch- chances or whatever, but anyway, Paul Paul Maurice, what's going on with Florida's? Uh, give us the Coles notes of the Florida Panthers Reddit. <laughs> oh, the, like it's kind of it, it's all you could almost like cha- re- rename that to the Winnipeg Jets Reddit from last year, like <laughs> or the last couple years. Like you know, there's a lot of threads, and even I saw a sign or two at uh, Florida Panthers games where they said like fire Maurice and and this and that. So, you know, obviously there's frustration setting in, but it it's a weird, like they made a huge trade, like Huberto and Uyghur are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew Kachuk is in. Um, and then like Andrew Brunette, who was the guy who took over coaching the team at, uh, from Joel uh, Quinville. And, you know, he led them to a president's trophy, uh, uh, as the best league, best team in the league last year. So why, I don't know, did, did that warrant a coaching change? I would have said yeah. no. I would have gave gave him, uh, you know, a, a, a shot at a whole season from the get-go. But um, yeah, he's, obviously, yeah. So so Brunette um, is in New Jersey now, right? As an assistant, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, look how great Jersey's doing. Yeah. I'm not saying it's Andrew Brunette, but um, – He's part of it for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> yeah, Florida, like they, uh, 
they lost to Tampa in the playoffs last year in, was it four straight? Uh, I think so. Yeah. It was a quick series either way. And, you know, they wanted to mix things up. They wanted to change things and they did. And is it working for them? Hard to say. They might, they might not even make the playoffs, but I mean, right now, Florida is in 11th in the East. They're behind Detroit. They're behind Washington. The Islanders are currently holding down the eighth spot. Florida's got a 14, 13, and four record, 516 uh, winning percentage. Their goal differential, plus two. Um, so their, their goals against is uh, amongst the worst in the league, um, certainly in the bottom half. It's in the bottom, you know, few teams of the Eastern Conference. Um, Philadelphia has a better goals against than them. So, I mean. <laughs> well, yeah, and Florida also has one of the worst power plays and a pretty weak penalty kill. Um, oh, where does that sound familiar from? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what I mean. Like, it just seems like, uh, you know, I guess you in hindsight, or like in fairness, Barkov has been injured for a while. Yeah. Verhage was out for a while. Um, yeah. Duclair is out right now. They were missing Ekblad, I think, for a while, you know, they they had some injuries. Their goaltending, I guess, is a little strange too. Like, yeah, Bobrovsky's not been great. Yeah. Um, and then Spencer Knight has been, you know, okay, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but it's not like anybody's really kind of claiming the net outright. Like, like Sergey Bobrovsky. L- listen to these stats. Not great. Uh, 18 games. He started 17 of them. He's got a six and nine record. His goals against average is 3.33. His save percent is 8.91. This is a guy who makes 10 million dollars a year. Yeah. Like. <laughs> okay, we're, we're we're over our segment time here, but I just want to ask you one more thing, and then we'll steal some time from segment three here. But um, this is not really coaching, but this is just kind of where things are at right now with uh, the standings. So. Right now, um, if you know, as they say, if players play if playoffs started today, um Washington wouldn't make the playoffs, Florida wouldn't make the playoffs, Detroit wouldn't make the playoffs in, in the in the wild card. Uh in the east, you'd you'd have the Rangers sneaking in at the first wild card and the Islanders uh at wild card number two. In the West, right now, Calgary would miss the playoffs, St. Louis would miss the playoffs. Nashville um, would miss, but Colorado would sneak in as the last seed. Um, Hmm. So, you know, it, as we've seen in other years, it doesn't really matter if you win the conference, like you just got to get a ticket to the dance. Right. So even if Colorado sneaks in at the eighth spot and then they get their whole crew back and Landis Gog's back and the boys are buzzing McKinnon's back, it doesn't matter. Right. So it's, I don't know. Some of these teams like New Jersey having a great, you know, season leading the Met, but you know, it's only uh mid December here and uh April's like four and a half months away still. So you know it's, what it's, you know what New Jersey reminds me of right now? Like they're doing so good. <clears throat> they got a lot of buzz about them. They just keep winning games. It's kind of like uh in Vegas's first season and they were doing the same thing. They were winning, they were good. And everybody's like, well, this can't last. They're an expansion team. This can't last. And they went all the way to the Stanley Cup final that year. 
it, New Jersey's reminding me of that a little bit because a lot of the, you know, the pundits and whatever, they're questioning. They're like, are is this New Jersey team for real? Uh, and then and everybody's kind of like, I don't know, like it, it can't it can't last, can it? Like they can't be this good. But they're getting goaltending. They've got scoring up the wazoo. And their defense is playing very well. They've got a nice defense score. You think about it. Dougie Hamilton, uh, Damon Severson. Um, they got Marino, who blocks shots like they're going out of style. They got uh, Siegenthaler, who's kind of silky smooth, underrated. Doesn't rack up points or anything, but he just does his job out there. And then uh, who's the other guy I'm forgetting? Um, Did you say I don't know, but it. Uh, Graves, yeah. yeah, that's the. I love that guy. He's a beauty, um, and yeah, they picked him up from Colorado, I believe, and uh, he's rugged. He's got, I don't know if it's the best plus minus in the league, but he's in the top couple guys of the entire league for plus minus. And then you think about who they got coming on defense. They got one of the Hughes brothers coming. Uh, they got uh, the other guy they just drafted second overall, the Slovak, uh, Simon Nemich. Yeah. So, I mean, like a couple years, they'll be even more stacked. Let's let's harken back. I know we're trying to wrap this segment up, but let's harken back to our first episode of the season this year with um, New Jersey's uh, devil mega fan and uh, punk rock icon, Russ Rankin. We talked devils quite a bit this was before the season began and he was high on the devils he liked what they did and he was listing off all the guys that he thought were going to be good impact players for the devils and they have been um one guy who has been hurt the whole time is andre palat but yeah. you know other than that like he was bang on so listeners go back and uh, tune into that episode with russ rankin at the beginning of this year and you'll hear us like you know the wise sages we are talking new jersey devils so it's, it's like we had a crystal ball at that travel lodge <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right a, okay, we, a disco we, we, mirror ball maybe yeah there was one yeah. there for sure uh yeah. we gotta wrap up here and throw to a song okay so let's uh let's go to uh merry christmas i don't want to fight by the ramones uh we'll we'll send this one out to adam lowry for his big tilt with tyler janot uh in the game against the preds so Merry Christmas. I don't want to fight by the Ramones here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Merry Christmas. I don't want to fight tonight with. Why is it always this way? Where is Rudolph? 
Okay, that was uh, the Ramones with Merry Christmas. I don't want to fight. Of course, if you're watching hockey, you don't mind seeing a scrap now and then. Um, You know, it's a lot different than it used to be. There used to be a lot more tilts. Uh, Fighting is down across the NHL, obviously. Um, But it it does seem to happen every time there's like a big hit. Uh, You get get an ensuing scrap. Um, not all the time, but that seems to be kind of when they pop their head up. But, um, yeah, so we've played a couple Christmas songs in this episode so far, listeners here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Co-host Tom here with you and with me as always is co-host Randy. And, uh, we're in the Christmas spirit. We're getting there and just, we're, we're like a week away. I don't know. I can't do the math, Randy, but a little more than a week away. We're like eight days away from uh the world juniors starting up on boxing day um and that'll see team canada playing the czech republic or chechia if you will um a nice 7 30 atlantic standard time start so that would be 5 30 here in winnipeg i believe nice little dinner time tilt between the czech republic and team canada uh, that'll be coming at you live from the Metro Center downtown Halifax. I believe they call it the Scotia Bank Center now. Um, <laughs> but in my mind, just like the Sky Dome will always be the Sky Dome in Halifax, that'll always be the Metro Center. Anyway, um, Team Canada, a couple big names on Team Canada Shane Wright, Connor Bedard. Um, you got uh, what's his name there, Gunther. Um, isn't Adam Fantilli supposed to be a top? Adam uh, Fantilli is supposed to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, is is it is Dylan it a, Gunther, Logan is, Stankoven? Is it a big surprise that Carson Lambos didn't make it? It was that. Uh, yeah, you know what? Or... Co-host, guest co-host Jared and I kind of touched on that last week a little bit. A uh, bit of a snub, maybe. We thought you know Carson Lambos would be on the team. Um, but Brent Clark is the other guy uh, who's playing with LA and he's um, so there's a couple NHLers. Um, I don't know. I suppose you can say Shane Wright's an NHLer. He's played in the NHL this year. Yeah. Um, another guy you got is, is Kirby Doc's little brother, Colton Doc, and uh, little brother. He's six foot four, 205 pounds. Uh, yeah. Not that little, uh, but Kirby's a big boy as, himself as well. And Kirby uh, started for Team Canada, broke his wrist, unfortunately, at the World Juniors in his NHL rookie year because he was with Chicago. They let him go. I think it was the first game or something, second game, whatever. That was last year. Wrist. And then they canceled the – oh, no. Yeah, was that two years yeah. ago? 
at least two years ago, I believe. Yeah. Um, so that was too bad, but you know what? Kirby's kind of doing great in Montreal now. Um, he's playing with, uh, Suzuki a lot. And I think Cole, Cole, uh, Cole Caulfield and he's doing great. Um, anyway, I'm excited to see Colton doc, his little brother. Um, cause no doubt he's just, you know, uh, <laughs> a younger version of Kirby, I'm sure. But, um, I'm looking at the roster right now. So the goalies, Thomas Millick and Benjamin Goudreau, one, uh, one plays for Seattle, one plays for Sarnia. I don't know either of them. They, um, they don't, uh, you know, they don't ring any bells to me. Goudreau is a San Jose Sharks draft pick. Went in the third round, 81st overall uh, this past year. And, uh, or in 21, sorry. And then Thomas Millick, he's undrafted. He's his, This is his draft year this year. So I'm assuming Goudreau is probably the starter. Um, but looking, looking at the team, um, you know, there's a smattering of guys from all across the country. There's no Maritimers on the team this year, which, uh, you know, I always like cheering for that Maritime guy, being a Maritimer myself. There is a guy from Newfoundland, Zach Dean. He's from Mount Pearl, Newfoundland, just outside St. John's. We've got a bunch of Alberta guys as kind of uh, the standard, some BC guys. You got uh, no Manitobans either. No Manitobans. Yeah, there was, um, I think Carson Lambos was like the one guy that probably I thought would have a spot on this team, but that's uh, not to be. There's a couple Saskatchewan guys, so maybe we'll have to uh, root for them as Prairie guys, you know. Uh, Nolan Allen, defenseman from Davidson, Saskatchewan. If you're on the highway between Regina and Saskatoon, pull over in Davidson for an ice cream cone. They got a great spot there. There you so. go. <laughs> it, 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 I'm sure they're open right now too in the winter. Oh, this this kind of weather, <laughs> great ice cream weather, great roadside ice cream weather, for sure. Um, is there is there a particular player that you on this roster that you are going to uh, that you are excited about watching or? Um... Well, yeah, it's basically Connor Bedard. Like everyone wants yeah. to see the Connor Bedard show, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess maybe see what Shane Wright might be, might bring to the table too after kind of a disappointing uh start to his professional career. Maybe yeah. he's got some uh, you know, uh some something to prove, but um Connor Bedard looked great last year like and he's he's tearing up the WHL right now and uh this is, you know, he's he's fighting to go number 1 overall. I think Adam Fantilli is is uh, um kind of a hot pick for the top five uh, coming up in the draft too. So all of yeah. these guys, the, this is the stage that they want to be on and they want to prove, prove to the world that they want one number one, they want their, they want to be the best and they want to win gold. But two, this is like the start of a lot of these guys pro careers. So if they can get themselves drafted in the top five or whatever, then they're well on their way. Yeah. Yeah. There's three draft eligible players on team Canada. You got Bedard, Fantilli, and the goalie Thomas Millick, and then there's two guys who don't have a draft year beside their name, um, or like a team that's drafted them. So Nathan Gaucher from Richelieu, Quebec, um, he's a big boy, six three two oh seven. He's a, a right shot forward. He doesn't. Uh, it doesn't list his draft year or 
uh, team that he, whatever. So he plays for Quebec in the Quebec League. And then another guy is uh, Zach Dean from Mount Pearl, Newfoundland, who plays for Gatineau in the Quebec League. There's no, uh, there's no like draft information beside his name. So I don't know what their, well, their they deal is. They but... would have been draft eligible last year, and I guess they never okay. got drafted. So I do believe they can go back into the draft this year. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so maybe they get picked this year. Um, the other thing is, you know, they can always sign as a free agent somewhere. Uh, and maybe they got to work their way up through the ranks. They'll start in the ECHL or who knows what, right? So, what well, one um, last thing, then we got to we got to wrap up the show here. But it looks like um, Adam Fantilli is the only player from U.S. college. Is that right? Okay, yeah. so it yeah, he plays like, for University of Michigan. Yeah, you see a lot of guys going that route these days. So that's kind of surprising that the only guy on Team Canada is Fantilli. That is uh, in the NCAA. Um, I'm excited. I know that probably on Team USA, it's a whole different story. I bet you like they're all NCAA guys. Um, and I'm excited to see. I haven't looked at their roster yet, but uh, I'm assuming like Rutger McGrorty, Jets draft pick, will be there. And Chaz and so I'm Lucius. I'm excited to watch him. Lucius and, is uh, there too. Chaz Lucius, yeah. yeah. What a name that guy's got, eh? Chaz Lucius. Sounds, I mean... If you just look at it the way it's spelled, it looks like Chaz Luscious, which <laughs> kind of sounds like a adult film star's name. I'm, I'm sure we're going to we see a bunch of headlines with that guy uh, once he finally makes the show. But we're out of time yeah. here, Tommy, so we got to wrap right. her up. Let's wrap her up here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talk Show. For this week, we're going to throw, we're going to go out on another Christmas song, Tis the Season. This one is by a band called Fucked Up. Just the band name. That's not me swearing. And this is a cover. It's got like guest stars all through it. And this is a version of Do They Know It's Christmas? You know, the old Band-Aid hit from like the 80s. Well, this is it. Uh, but the new version. Um, and so here it is on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Keep your stick on the ice. We'll see you next time. This is a joke. Peace.